And we're back. Uh, one month to the day uh, since the last recording of the Canes Country Podcast is the day that we are recording the next episode. It's August 20th, the day we're recording. You'll be listening to this August 21st and beyond. Yeah, the, I mean, we're a timeless podcast. I mean, you could play this to your grandchildren one day. So <laughs> I'm should. sure they're going to love to hear all about how Trevor Carrick was traded for Kyle Wood. Oh, wow. Yeah, there was a lot of great news. Uh, over the a lot past, of good news over the past month but uh, let's catch up first good. let's catch up first how how are you how how's life um wow that's a really <laughs> loaded question you can move past it if you want uh, i'm fine I, all right all right I'm, I'm i'm well uh justin you had a birthday and you went to the i beach. did i did it was it was a good time um yeah birthdays getting old getting they old once a year they do. Alive. They come around, and they normally happen on the day you were born. But just you know, like wow. that's how they work. Yeah. All right. Anyways, birthday talk. Um. But wow, has it really been a month? It's been a month that's, to the day. That's insane. It flew by actually. Oh, it was great. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was yeah. So good. And it uh, was nice though, because honestly, guys, we wouldn't have been able to talk about much. All of a sudden, we then don't talk we about much. then we were hit with a ton of. Headlines and yes, we hardly ever talk about much. So literally, so the day after we, or I think the day of that we posted it, the last podcast, uh, and a day after we recorded it because we post the next day, the breaking news of Brock McGinn being signed to a two-year extension worth two point one million dollars on an annual basis. Uh, they avoided contract arbitration, which would have been, which is always a messy little thing. And when things go to arbitration in the NHL and in sports, um, a lot of times it doesn't end very well. It can get a little nasty, but the Hurricanes avoided that with McGinn, and they signed a, a fairly reasonable contract at $2.1 million AAV for two years. Um, I mean, Brock McGinn, he's a player. He plays. He is a player. Is he worth 2.1 million AAV? Um, I mean, see, you asked me this two years ago. I would have said, no way. He's barely an NHL player. But I think he's taken huge strides over the past two seasons, especially this season. Um, He's not going to be a guy that lights up the score sheet by any measure. And if we expect that now that he has a two-year deal and you know, is making the most money he's ever made – uh, yeah, I wouldn't expect too much of it. Um, but it's just his style of play that I think every team does need somebody like that. And it's a cliche, I know, a little bit. But, um, you know, you look at a team like Boston, they have the skill. And the Canes, they also have, like, that skill. But they also have those guys that just, like, they're, I hate to use the term, but just gritty and they just, they'll yeah. go to the dirty areas. They'll they'll do Great what needs to be done. Um, but if you have too many of those, it's a bad thing. Brock the games don't really have any outside of Brock McGinn. So I don't mind paying him that much. Um, it's not like it's – if they got up to the three range, then it might be something you kind of could walk away from or trade his well, rights or something. Well, yeah, they'd have to do that. But, I, think yeah. the, I think it had to be $4.39 million this year for – I think that's like the NHL benchmark. If an arbitrator awards north of 4.39 or 4.4, uh, then the team can walk away. Yeah. Um, 
yeah, I, I, I don't. Yeah, yeah that, that, that wouldn't have made sense. They settled, they settled beforehand. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I guess, you know, adding him to a third line role and, um, you know, penalty kill or, you know, when, when, um, you know, a team needs to keep off a goal late in the game, you know, I, I think you can trust him in those situations, but, um, yeah, to ask too much of him offensively would just be to set him up for failure. Yeah. And the good thing is they won't have to because they've added so many good players over the past few months and prospects yeah. developing and such uh i like him again uh i think i think we talked about it months ago when we were talking about martin nook and mcginn they're very they're com- comparable players uh i think the difference is mcginn has a bigger role than than martin nook and he got a slightly bigger payday by one hundred thousand dollars a year annually so I mean, it's fair. And fair is yeah. good. Fair is good. Now, let's move on to something that that we can talk maybe a little bit more about. The McGinn thing was like, yeah, okay, that's fine. That makes sense. I like McGinn. He's good. Uh, I don't even know who Anton Forsberg is. I mean, he just kind of shows up. And now he, he, he was awarded a one-year... $775,000 contract by an independent arbitrator. That thing went to arbitration. The arbitrator arbitrated and he got a <laughs> one-way deal. Yeah. Wow. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. Arbitration is such a weird thing, isn't it? Like, how do you determine that he's worth a one-way deal? And how like, much is anyone really worth at the end? No, of the yeah, I you know what? Should, talk existentially about this what are we worth you know are we who are we to determine the value of people exactly but i yeah the one-way contract is is weird um look we we were just talking about this the other day and by the other day i mean earlier today um that yeah he's gonna fall down the depth chart a lot uh he doesn't really have a place Oh, you mean Even, we were talking about this like ten minutes ago, right before? Yeah, we started I don't. Podcast. I was trying. I was, I was trying to play it we off. Were talking about that, I was trying to play yeah, it off. All call. right, I wasn't going to act like yeah. And oh, we were like, gosh. man. All right, now our listeners know. We were uh, pulling back the curtain a little bit. Let's. But anyways, as we were saying away. only twenty minutes ago, before we started this podcast, um, he doesn't really have fit in here whatsoever. Um, there's no. I still think it's to me it's still really confusing why Waddell decided to target him during that trade. I guess to just add some contracts in that case, um, but no salary guarantees. But then they end up signing both of them, so it, it really made no sense. And now they got screwed over because now they have a one-way deal at that money value. You know, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I mean it's an insignificant value in terms of money and salary cap hit, but. And this is just annoying. I mean, this, this is like more than anything. It's just like this is annoying. And uh, I mean, it's not annoying personally to me, but it's probably annoying to Tom Dundon and Don Waddell because, look, Anton Forsberg has played 42 NHL games in his career at the age of 26. You know, I mean, that's that's not nothing. That's that's 42 NHL games. 35 of them came two years ago with Chicago 
he had a 908 save percentage. I mean, that's good. I mean, that's average. But uh, compared to the rest of the goalies in this organization, he's the fourth best goalie, probably. Um, you have Morazic, you have Nedeljkovic, you have James Reimer, who you're paying $3.5 million, and then you have Forsberg. I mean, maybe Forsberg can edge out Reimer, and okay. It's it's just, you know, for, for a player that they just acquired, and he didn't play any NHL games last year. He got sent down in October, was put on waivers, did not get claimed, Unless he has some kind of stellar training camp, he's not making the team. And and if you're sending him to Charlotte, and I'm assuming no one's going to claim him no. if he goes through waivers because no. they didn't waive him last time, or they didn't claim him last time through. Yeah. And that was off, off of a 35-game year in the NHL with a 908 save percentage, which is, again, decent. But I don't think anybody's going to claim him. And now you're starting to talk about if – if he's in Charlotte, I mean, you're talking about taking away minutes that Callum Booth needs and Jeremy Helvig is approaching on needing. So those are two goalie prospects that you can't just block with Forsberg. I I don't I don't think that's ideal at all. Um, and you know, there's just there's a lot of there's you know there's kind of a logjam of borderline NHL goalies now with Reimer and Forsberg and we'll see about Nadelkovich. Um but yeah, it's not ideal. Yeah. No, not at all. And I'm not sure. I guess we'll see. I mean, I I suppose he could have a great camp and make the team out of camp. I'm not even sure if he's going to make it to that point on the team. Um I'm I'm not sure. And my, my favorite thing about all that was when they announced that, you know how they Don Waddell always has that little generic, in most cases, little line about line. Yeah, there yep. was nothing. There yeah, was he, he was nothing. angry. He's like, he's like, I messed up. <laughs> Trevor Carrick was traded to San Jose for right-handed defenseman Kyle Wood. Uh, this was interesting because Carrick was an unsigned RFA, and. I think I think this was you know you can speak more about Carrick because obviously he's been in the AHL he's been an excellent AHL player, but it certainly didn't seem like he was on the verge of becoming an NHL regular, especially after they also got uh, Gustav Forsling, who is you know a seventh defenseman type of guy who's young as well. Um, thoughts on Carrick being gone? Um. Well, I I think. The crazy thing to me was when Patrick Brown left, instantly my mind went to, all right, the next captain is Trevor Carrick. There was nobody in that dressing room I think would have deserved it more. He's been there a while. He's always seems like the guy to, you know, go out and do anything for that team. Yeah, and then Paul Narowski too, he's gone. So now that Carrick's gone, if you want me to be a betting man and place a bet on who's going to be the next captain of the checkers, I don't even know. I don't even know. Yanni Kwokinen, maybe? <laughs> I don't know. Like, I have no idea. Um, and, you know, as for, yes, he was not, he was starting to fall down the uh, the depth chart for sure, and it seemed like it was pretty much a long shot to make it. But, uh, and, you know, I don't, I don't know if he's going to f- even get a shot in San Jose, maybe on that bottom pairing, but that's about it. 
Um, so this is kind of just a AHL for AHL move. Kyle Wood, I'll be frank with you, I don't know too much about, but he all he's had some good um, offensive years for a defenseman. Uh, he had 43 points in 16, 17, and then 35 last year. So, I mean, he's got a little bit of offensive touch. You know, it's a it's a low risk move. And guy, but six seven two thirty six. Yeah. 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 So I I think he he checks some boxes for them. Um, but yeah, it's, it's strange to see Carrick go. You know, it's it's a name that's kind of been there for a while. Yeah, I think everyone was kind of hoping that he'd eventually pan out. Uh, just from Carolina's side, I think this is a situation where Carrick isn't under contract. They when or when Carrick got moved, he got a two year deal and he got big AHL raise. He's getting I think three hundred thousand minimum per year with San Jose. Kyle Wood is two years younger. He is under contract for next season at a much cheaper amount. I don't think you're losing a whole lot with regards to the player because Kyle Wood's a, a good young player who was drafted in the same kind of range as Carrick. Uh, big guy, tough guy. Um, checks a lot of boxes. I, you know, So I think this is kind of a roster management type move and it included a guy like Carrick who had been around for a long time but he's only played what four NHL games he played one game last year I'm not sure if he's going to get a chance in San Jose but I certainly don't think he's going to get a chance in Carolina especially considering a guy like Jesper Selgren who's you know really came onto the scene and is looking like a very promising young player uh, Jake Bean, of course, is very much in that fold. Flurry getting his big chance. We'll see how that all pans out. But yeah, Patrick Dwyer is back, and he is going to be the assistant coach for Ryan Warsawski and the Charlotte Checkers. Yeah, good fit. Um, good fit. You know, if <laughs> to get your to get your start, I mean, you got to start somewhere. So, I mean, he. Yes. You know, had a little bit of stint with Charlotte. Obviously, everyone knows his history with the Canes. So, uh, you know, again, a low-risk move. If it works out, maybe he's Warsawski's, you know, predator, you know, next in line, when I guess. Warsawski I don't know. When Warsawski leaves and <laughs> when somewhere leaves. else. No, honestly, if Warsawski leaves after one season, just like everyone else seems to do, except <laughs> Mike Volucci stayed for two. But honestly, no, I think I'm serious here, Brett. Who the heck knows? I'm not going galaxy brain on you here. I'm just, I, I, I'm just saying. It, you have seen it's a rotating circus down there right now. It, it just keep. There's a coach after the other. I mean, Mark Morris, Ulf Samuelson. I mean, just <laughs> everybody. They haven't had a guy last three seasons since Jeff Daniels. Jeff Daniels was there yeah. for thirty years. Yeah, who was there for so long? Exactly. So honestly. It wouldn't surprise me if well, I just don't know. I just don't yeah, know. I mean, wow. Because obviously the, the the checkers have a good team, so they're gonna have a target on their back again. And do they have know, a good team? I don't even know. Like, uh, I, 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 they have a good okay. team, but like in terms, half of they've it's lost new. a lot. Half they've of lost it's a new. lot. Yeah, and that's not they, even an exaggeration. Like, I think more than half of that roster is gonna be different than last year. Like, that's I, amazing. Yeah, they're not a championship team, uh, and they they are will very much not repeat. But wow, that, they that could be, 
I think they could be a playoff team. Um, it, it also depends, again, who's called up. Uh, if you have players like Martin H. is still down there or Jake Bean's still down there, then, you know, that obviously helps them out a lot. But, you know, if you start taking people away and then, you know, Kane's players get injured, then, you know, yeah, Charlotte's going to get pretty thin. I mean, look at this. Because the thing is, some of those top prospects that everyone's looking at, especially the ones from the 2019 draft, they're not going to be there. They're still going to be in juniors or overseas or whatever. So those those other blue chip prospects that we think are going to be the next in line, like Suzuki, all this stuff that they're not going to be on this team. So this team's going to be. It, they're gonna. They could struggle. They could struggle, especially. I mean, listen after. to this. This to this decor, and think about compared to last year. Uh, <laughs> Kyle Wood. Uh, we got Kevin Fitzgerald. He played for the uh, San Jose farm system the past couple of years. He was a captain in the QMJHL. Um, he had 20 points last year in the AHL. So I mean, that's a legitimate AHL defenseman, but a new player which is the point. So we got Kyle Wood, Kevin Fitzgerald, Alex Lintuniemi. Yeah. Uh, we got Jesper Seldrin, yeah. who I don't know if he's going to be in Charlotte next year. He might be in Sweet. I don't know, but I don't know. Potentially Jesper Selgren. Uh, familiar name in Derek Shepard. So we got <laughs> yeah. we have a yeah. Derek Shepard. Famili- household name in Charlotte, that, honestly. That decor is totally different. Yeah. I mean, you lose Robertson. You lose... Renuff, you lose Didier, you lose Carrick. Yeah. And then probably Jake Bean or... Uh, Jake Bean could be yeah. there. He could be there. Yeah. I guess we'll just see how uh, that bottom line If Flurry starts the year, which he so, probably will. All right. Will, so, yeah, you either get one of Bean or Flurry, but still, that's still pretty underwhelming. Yeah. I, I and, mean, and the problem was last year, there were some parts of it that were underwhelming when players start or when some of the back end started to get hurt, but you still had four first lines you don't yeah. have that this year. Well, let's you don't have that it. until some of those players graduate from the from the you know from juniors. So, well, so in the AHL, Clark Bishop, Julian Gauthier, Morgan Geeky, you know these are important players. Quokinen, they added, or they're gonna have Stelia Mateos as a rookie. We'll see how that goes. Steven Lorenz, uh, they signed Hunter Chinkrook, who is a wild card. We'll see where Etu Luostarinen plays. Um, I think he's playing in Charlotte next year, so that should be a legitimate addition in in the middle of the ice. Um, but yeah, there's there are some players left over. So if if you're asking about captain, maybe Clark Bishop. Yeah. Like, I maybe, maybe maybe. I don't um, think he gets a call up though. I don't like Clark Bishop get the call up last year was kind of like you know just good timing for him, but. I don't maybe think he's be, he's not Clark the first Bishop up. will be the next Patrick Brown, who hangs out in Charlotte for a long time, gets his and then just call up shows up, yeah, and just, just shows he, up randomly one day, and you're like, just hey, some hey, Sunday man. afternoon Islanders game makes a big hit and then goes back down. I mean, <laughs> that's, really <laughs> that's basically what though. Patrick Brown did. That's no, really joking. how it went. It, no, Patrick Brown in Charlotte was was great, but yeah, I mean, oh, we yeah, obviously he was good in Charlotte, not a big impact in Raleigh. He scored a but, goal against the Rangers one time. Do you want to know who makes a big impact in Raleigh, Brett? Um, oh, who makes a big impact in Raleigh? Don Waddell makes yes, a big okay. impact in Raleigh. Wow. He signed a three-year contract extension since the last time we talked. Um, he this was, was working with There's a lot of funny contract. things. Yeah, 
contract basically since the start of free agency just after the draft. It was, I believe, June 30th. Um, and the, um, yeah, there were some rumors out there that he was looking around, you know, possibly in Minnesota. Um, and then, of course, the media got to uh, this was Tom Dundon and people flipped out. Um, yeah, he said that he didn't does not like contracts um, for front office, basically for for front office staff, um, and that you know, obviously for players. I mean, he probably would have for players. If he had the, <laughs> if he had the him. But yeah, honestly, I mean, hey. Yeah. So I think you know we obviously know what Don Waddell has done here in his short time so far, and um, you know a lot can be attributed to Ron Francis as well, but. You know, Don Waddell has made some very nifty moves and, you know, maybe serving GM of the year finalist. Yeah. And maybe Eric Tolsky has a little bit to say about that as well. He does. Um, yeah. Obviously a great addition to the front office. But I think let's turn this conversation a little bit more to, to Dundon with contracts and how people reacted to that. What are, what are your thoughts? And like from a business aspect, if you were in his shoes, what are you thinking? Yeah, he had to get him a contract. I mean, that whole yeah. thing about. You know, he's 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 employed, but I know he doesn't have a contract. But you know, I'm paying him, so you know, I, I that in the real world, yeah, that's how things go. But this is not the real world. This is the NHL, and I think um, he really underplayed it uh, or undersold everything there. And then, you know, I think well, Waddell was fine with it. I mean, he said he was fine with it, but obviously if you're a person in that position, you want a contract. So, you know, he kind of starts talking to Minnesota and then media starts learning about all this and they're like, what, what's going on here? And so far this has been a very successful off season for Carolina. They don't want any big controversy, controversy here in August when there's nothing to talk about. And eventually he was, he came to his senses and thought, okay let's just give him a contract let's just do that then if that will make everyone feel better about it which it did and obviously you know they i don't think waddell was ever going to leave carolina i think he wanted the contract and i think that he used his power to say okay i'll go to minnesota start talking oh what's this don waddell is one of the lead candidates in minnesota wow huh how about all this and then so would you like uh, all right whatever would you say he pulled a Sebastian Ajo? Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. I, I think, I, like, the Sebastian Ajo thing is, I think, a little more controversial. I think this is all just funny. In I terms think, of I think, in terms of the Waddell situation or yeah, the Sebastian Ajo? No, no, Waddell, because I think that Waddell was like, all right, yeah, that's fine. You don't have to give me a contract. It's whatever. I'm still under your employ. Uh, but my contract expired, so I'll see what else is out there. And he's like, hmm, see, they're going to give me a contract. Hmm. And then Dundon eventually was like, okay, here, have your contract. All right? Shut yeah. up. Everybody shut up about it. Everybody just that's, shut up. That's really what it felt like when Dundon <laughs> finally gave the contract. He's like, okay, have it. Shut up. I don't want to hear about it anymore. Because, you know, he has a very different mindset in business. And it's understandable, but he eventually was made the right decision. And you know what Don Waddell did with his contract extension, Brett? He gave Chase Prisky a contract. Wow. Um, 23 years old, 
right-handed defenseman. Those are always a high priority in the league. Um, he was a top 10 finalist for the Hobie Baker Trophy last year. Quinnipiac, but he was a capital six-round pick in 2016, but did not sign. Um, a lot of other teams were interested. Um, but you and I also have these certain feelings about these college free agent situations. No, you have that opinion on college free agents. Okay, I thought you agreed with me, though. I, I don't agree with you fully. All right. Well, I think this is a cheap way out, and I think that this should be fixed in the next CBA. So let's have that conversation. Um, yeah, no, I, I – this player – okay, he's 23 years old. That's tough because, yeah, that sounds good. He has a probably shot to make the team out of camp. But if he does, what do I mean? What what then? You know what I mean? He, then he plays he's, in the NHL. He's twenty five. No, no. I'm saying if he doesn't make the team out of camp. Oh, if he, I thought then, you said if he does. No, no. If he doesn't make oh, the team easy. out of camp, then he goes to Charlotte and he ends up aging out to twenty five, and he amounts to not much. I'm just saying. Like I, I feel like people get really hype about these players that come out of, uh, come come out of the NCAA. Um, you and I have different feelings about the NCAA as a development league in terms of, you know, competing against the OHL, the QMJHL and, Mm -hmm. you know, stuff like that. Um, You know, I don't think it's, it's as well off as like the OHL. Um, But yeah, I, I think the weird thing about this signing is it's just so tight on the back end. There's just so many names and, I just don't see where he fits. You're, I don't see a world in which he beats out Trevor Van Riemsdyk, Hayden Flurry, and Jake Bean for a spot. I don't see that happening at all. Do you? Prisky as a prospect, he has the upside to be an NHL player. And, you know, if, let's say, the bottom falls out and he doesn't end up being a guy that can, you know, play at the highest level and he can't you know, do that, then so what if you're Carolina? I mean, you you show trust in him. You gave him the contract. You have him motivated. You know, you want him. He wants to be here, which I think is notable for where Carolina is because I don't think he signed here over the past few off seasons. Uh, this place is a lot more attractive for free agents, and he signed here, and he has offensive upside. And if he fulfills that upside, then who knows? He's a top four defenseman who can play on the power play at the NHL level. If not you don't lose a whole lot if you're Carolina and you get a guy who surely will be good enough to be a major contributor in Charlotte. So I, I, I see no problem with this from Carolina's point of view. Uh, this, I think this is all, all great. And you added a guy who somewhat steps in the footsteps of Adam Fox, who was another right-handed defenseman out of college and ultimately did not sign Carolina and went to New York. So you replace him with a guy like Prisky who, they tried to trade for at the draft his rights. They didn't get a deal done with Washington, and they still got him. So I think these are good things for Carolina. Yeah, no, I, I think in terms of recognition and, and you know a being a destination for a a free agent that has the flexibility like that, especially coming out of college, um, is great. Um, I just think it's it's okay to pump the brakes on this signing a little bit in terms of expectations for him, because I mean, who do I mean, you, I mean, who would I, you expect I, him to be? I mean, I'm not I'm not sure what the expectations are for him. 
Uh, I know that. I think you could look on Twitter or something and see that expectations can be high. I'd rather not. I know, but I'm just saying. I, I think whenever Hobie Baker Trophy finalist is attached that's a, that's to a name, a legitimate, you know. Yeah, and it's but, good. I mean, it's a, it's a good achievement. You know, he's a right-hand defenseman, good skater, can score, has a lot of ability. Um, yeah, I mean, if if he's great, that's that's you know, that's another great problem to have for the I Canes. I think the Hurricanes maybe. view him as a guy that can play in the NHL long term. I mean, I, I'm not saying he's going to be ready right away. That. I don't know that. If he makes a team out of camp, that'd be great. And I think the Hurricanes would be thrilled with that. Um, but he's certainly a guy with talent and has certainly showed that he can play very well in college hockey, which, you know, I think where you're, you know, we've talked about the difference between juniors and college. College, you have more mature physically guys and older guys in OHL. You know, you're not going to be playing the OHL when you're 21, 22, and it's less physically mature league. So, and there's the argument that college hockey gets you more prepared physically for the NHL right away. So we'll see. Um, but Prisky, what do you think are appropriate expectations for him? I'd say you gotta have to give him a year. I don't think he's making the team this year. I feel like that's a safe. He won't play thing. a game in the NHL. This season? I'd be somewhat surprised if he didn't. If Only if someone gets hurt, I think. Well, yeah. I, yeah. I, yeah, I don't even see him coming up like for an early trial run, you know, where even though I know it's more of a junior league thing where you kind of play for the first time games, you know, so you don't have to have, yeah, yeah. have him on the contract. But – yeah, I don't even see him coming up for a trial run. I think it's just too log jammed. I think the priority is being first. I mean, Prisky, yes, it's great that we signed him, and yes, they do probably do have expectations for him. But um, with the log, the current log jam, unless the players randomly moved out, like Justin Falk has moved before the start of the season or something, then I don't, I don't see him playing any games what this if, year. I want to throw a scenario out there. Falk is an expiring contract, right? Yes. What if? We are 25 games into the season. Let's say we're in like December or something. And the Hurricanes are doing fine. You know, they're maybe a bubble playoff team. And Falk isn't playing well. Meanwhile, Prisky, through 25 games in the American League, has like 20 points. And Falk, an expiring contract, right hand defenseman, very much in the profile of Prisky in terms of size right-handed shot offensively based all that um what what do you do yeah i don't i don't know i, mean, I don't know yeah it's, it's a tough situation I mean, I, but I again this is the greatest thing yeah. the greatest thing about how this team has developed over the past I, I i guess you can pinpoint two seasons in terms of like just the growth of it it's a good problem to have to have what you know, is probably a pretty talented young kid, but not even ha- be able to have a place for him because you have so much other depth. So it makes you wonder. Like Carolina is a free agent destination. Like I wouldn't say that they're on Boston's level or anything like that. But when you look at Carolina, I wonder why he picked Carolina. Yeah, especially because he probably knew. I mean, <laughs> the names in front of him. I mean, I he, don't know. I mean, he and his agent know that yeah. there's Dougie Hamilton and Falk, 
Slavin, Pesci, Jake Bean, Flurry, like they know that they have those guys and how good that that blue line is. I, I I'm just wondering how like is Carolina that good of a free agent destination that you would do that? I mean, I think you you could look at other teams around the league that are relatively good teams and could be playoff teams and you know, you're like Prisky has a more realistic opportunity to make it out of camp. I, don't, I I just wonder what the what the sell was for Waddell. I mean, obviously you show all the success and how they've developed defensemen and all that, but if he's trying to make it to the league as quick as he can, then I don't know, it's kind of interesting. Maybe you know, the Hurricanes legitimately think that he can play on the third pairing while Van Riemsdyk is out. Maybe not, but Yeah. But today on the recording of this podcast, it is Tuesday, August 20th. The Hurricanes had a big announcement. Uh, they unveiled a new away jersey. It has been evaluated by people and... By all the experts. Obviously, we can't visually show you this on the podcast, so... Um, it's right. Your thoughts. Yeah, it's white. Um, it's got letters on it, and it's got uh, colors on it. So that's about it. Um, what is? What are your thoughts on the new away jersey? And yeah, what what do you what is what do you think about the public's perception of this new away jersey as well? Um. Oh, you're really undecided about it. I am undecided about it. I. You talk about it. I still, I okay. still don't know. Um, with the lettering, uh, down the lettering. in diagonal form. Obviously, a lot of people are alluding to the Rangers jerseys, um, which are kind of the more underwhelming of the Rangers alternates. Uh, I really personally like the Statue of Liberty one, but that's just oh, me. So good. That's a great, great one. Um, I don't mind the lettering as much as um it it people, really people say. The Rangers, but really. it. It reminds me more of Tampa Bay's a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Uh, with the bolts. But, um, yeah, it just seems to be a trend. I don't think people should be surprised that this is an option. But I think what a lot of people thought was going to happen was they were going with the Hurricanes warning flag as the main logo on the on the jersey. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think that's where they thought they were headed. Um, I could have even went with those colors and just stick with the, the main logo. But... Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's not a big, like, you know, every time I'm going to turn on the TV and see them in their away Jersey, I think it's just, it's nothing that's going to be like, Oh my hat. Oh my God, I have to buy this. That's more, you know, the alternates are beautiful. And one of the best jerseys, even other, other teams, fans can admit that as well. Um, I just don't think, you know, I'm going to rush and buy one, but it's, it's not the end of the world. I think it's, I think it's okay. Um, but it's not, you know, it's not like, wow, they really nailed it with this one. I, I am very much a fan of very like crisp and clean white jerseys. This isn't just in the NHL. I mean, in, uh, the NFL as well, you know, I, I like, I like white, like very clean, crisp white jerseys. I do. I love them. Um, I think the collar is something I like a lot. I I like the shoulders. Um, I like the warning flags. Uh, sublimated warning flags. Always a good move. 
Um, it matches the home jersey in that way. I like it's basic, but I like it. Um, not a whole lot of craziness on the sleeves, just a black, red, black pattern. I'm cool with that. And now we talk about the logo. I think it would look better with the warning flag. Yeah, I, I no, I think that's that's a safe assumption for sure. I think it also um, look better with the primary logo. Yeah, yeah, uh, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I again, it's just a little underwhelming, but it's not it's not repulsive in any in any matter. I think I, like there are some jerseys that come out. Like I think the worst one actually is the new Tampa Bay alternate that's black. It has yeah, no point. Yeah, that it's not funny. even in their team colors. I have no idea why that's a thing. And, like, you can kind of barely see the logo because it's, like, black and gray and the colors mesh. And, like, yeah. it's just – it's pretty uh, – that's pretty ugly. And that's – it's, like, what's the point there? But, um, yeah, these are these are okay. These are okay. And now they have three jerseys that are all different looks kind of. Different so logos. And I think that I think that the NHL should kind of. I, I don't think in terms of money they they can probably do this, but you know the NBA is is great at pumping out a ton of different uniforms. Yeah, I think you can keep your you know if you want to keep your heritage in terms of you know the original six and you know having those you yeah, know yeah. main jerseys that's fine. But I think each team should be able to have like as many as they want. And if you can get a good color scheme or you can get something that's going to sell, I mean. That's great. I, I think one point of that is like in the NBA with my, the Miami Heat, the Miami Vice jersey, people oh, will buy those so just – Yeah, people will – exactly. People will buy those just because they're freaking beautiful. Um, so I think – I don't know. I think I think the NHL should kind of start leaning towards that when it comes to jerseys. I agree. I agree with that. The word the word mark is what's – Yeah, just the it, – it, it's, 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 it's very weird, you know? Like it's unlike anything the Hurricanes have had and – you know, with the C there, I don't, like, it's kind of weird. Like, there's, like, well, let's just use this as a segue because we don't even know if there's going to be a second C on the front of a Canes jersey this year because Justin Williams has not signed yet. It's August 20th. We don't know. We don't know. No, um, we don't. He scored 53 points last year. He was the captain. He was very much at the front of the organization as a face of what they were doing. And training camp starts in, what, two or three weeks? We don't know where where this man is. Well, we know he's in North Carolina now, but we don't <laughs> where know where he is. Where um, is he? Yeah. What are, you, what are you thinking about all of that? Um, the closer we get, the more I think it's less likely um, I think wasn't there a comment in the News and Observer? It was like maybe a a month ago or something like that, where it, they he said he had the discussion with his kids and his kids were on board with it or something like that. But yeah. like after that, we haven't really heard much. Um, and he was supposed to be in Raleigh. Like I think it was the first week of August he was coming back. Yeah, he was going to talk to Waddell, and, and that's yeah. that was a couple weeks ago now. Yeah. Um, in terms of, in terms of him as a player, obviously, the point total itself can speak for him. I mean, he obviously had a great season, and 
I don't think he's he would drop you know hugely off a cliff um, by any measure. So I'm on board with him coming back. There's a little bit of cap space left. He would have to you know obviously take something that's maybe bonus incentives or I, I, think, I don't know yeah, I think how that works out. The structure of the contract would be uh, bonus laden, and if you are above the cap with those bonuses, then you can move those bonuses to next year's cap for your team. So then by then Marlowe, his deal will be gone. Yeah. Yeah. All that stuff. So they could could make it work easily. Yeah. Um, But yeah, as I, as I've said before, and I'll say it again for me, last season was the perfect season to ride off into the sunset, you know, putting a team back on the map and being a huge part of it and being a great example but obviously he'll be welcome back. I wouldn't see him going any further than this year, though. So, yeah. and I also would not see him going to a separate team. Oh no, I, no. I think he's going to end up in a leadership role in this organization somehow. I think he'll be back in the organization to some degree, uh, regardless of what happens. Yep. So, so. I, I last year, you remember last year early in the year. He looked really bad. Like, yeah. I'm not going to lie to you. I thought he should have retired like two months into the year. And I'm I sure remember... we've tr- we probably trashed him on this podcast as well. Absolutely. And, you know, there's a game in, De- in Tampa where he just got turnstiled by some random lightning forward and they scored. I'm like, he looks like he's 75 years old right now on the ice. Like, he he didn't look good. And then there was, at some point, it was December, end of December, where he just, he just turned back the clock 10 years. It was, it was amazing. Like there, like the second half of the year, I don't know how he did it. I have to think, I, I don't know. Like I have to imagine that was extremely tiring for him to go off the way he did at the end of the year. I mean, cause he looked night and day different from the beginning of the year. And I think that's when he really got comfortable in the role of being the captain and he knew what he had to do. And his second half was remarkable. Um, He was everything that the team needed for him to be. And I, I don't expect him, if he does come back to be a big offensive contributor again because frankly you can't expect him to do that and I think that's why they went out and got to Zingle and Howell and all those people I with all that in mind I think he would have to have a smaller role but if he does come back um, I think they kind of need him that's kind of how I feel uh, from a leadership standpoint I think they really need him for one more year Yeah, because as great as last year was for that team you gotta, you gotta repeat it. You can't fall off. And if he leaves, and there's some, you know, less steady leadership stuff going on. Not saying there would be, because Brendan Moore was very good at his job, and I'm sure he could be just as good without Williams. But obviously, Williams helps a lot in that regard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, I think it would help stabilize it a little bit more. And and I, I think in terms of. He can take a step back in terms of his contributions because the team's going to be deeper now with this past off season. You know, adding Halla and and adding Dzingle and adding Natchez. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. So, well, is that a podcast? Um, 
I think so. Unless you want to talk about uh, how Saku Main Alignment's not signed yet. Yeah, I'm okay with that one. <laughs> what about Roland um, McEwen? He's not signed nope, yet. Nope. No. Oh, I don't my think. goodness. Doesn't really move the needle, really. You know what? Same. Yeah. So. I'm really tired. Good luck to him, though. Good I'm, really, luck to I'm him. too tired to yeah. talk about Main Alignment and McEwen. I like both of them, but not enough yeah. to keep talking right now. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for listening to the Canes Country Podcast. You can follow us at Canes Country on Twitter, at Canes Country Picks, P-I-X, on Instagram. You can also like us on Facebook. And always read all of our articles and all of our wonderful things on canescountry.com. Um, we will be keeping this podcast up um, for the next few weeks, probably getting to some previews maybe. We're getting close to the preseason. Um, yes. And then we have a guest to round out our Hurricanes preview, but we will keep that a secret. That's that's what we call a tease in the industry. So Yes, this boom. industry that we're in. Yes, this podcast industry that we're in. Um, Brett, where can they follow you and all your work? Uh, at Brett underscore finger on Twitter. You can follow me at Lanky Lape. Uh, not as great of a Twitter follow as Brett, but um, hit me with the follow. All right. He's a better Twitter follower than me. Not true whatsoever. All right. And everybody have a good week, and we'll see you next week. Bye.